This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Today on State of Ukraine, how the elderly who stayed behind have weathered the war. Many of Ukraine's elderly have had a difficult time because they were unable or unwilling to leave following the invasion. NPR's Alyssa Nadwerny recently revisited a story that she reported in Kyiv about a year ago, and she's here with me. Hi. Hi. So, Alyssa, you were in Kyiv in the early days of the war, and tell me how you met these elderly residents that you profiled back then. So I was among kind of the first group of reporters from NPR to go to Kyiv after Russia had invaded. And at this time, there were still ground troops around Kyiv and a lot of worry in the city. When we got there, half of all the city's residents had left. So it was pretty emptied out. Buildings were boarded up. Businesses were closed. And so my editor had kind of tasked me with getting the temperature of what the city felt like, who had stayed and why. And you found one building and it had, I guess, unsurprisingly, some elderly residents that had not left in a city where many people had fled. Basically, I was talking to people who had stayed and I got this sense that these big Soviet style apartment buildings were mostly empty, except for like one, two, three apartments. And so our idea was let's go into a building and kind of see who's there. And of course, yes, the the people who were in these three out of 200 apartments were the elderly, were people who were in their 70s and 80s and couldn't or weren't willing to leave. So you met Pavlo and Tamara. Pavlo is a former military pilot. Tamara taught English. And they have been together since they were kids. And how old are they? They were both 87. Can you describe where they were living? And then we'll hear a little bit of a tape from back then. The apartment complex was a series of three buildings with a metal playground in the middle. They were on the third floor and kind of the dark metal creaky steps on the way up. And when we got there, I mean, it was just like life bursting from their apartment. So this dark stairwell and then just color and laughter as soon as we walked into the apartment. If it's our time to die, it's our time, Tamara says. Our age, we lived many, many years. Might be enough. (laughs) Plus, she tells me, everything is better when they're together. When she cries, Pavlo tells me he comforts her. Yes, there is still danger outside, the air raid sirens, the unknown strike of a missile. But we've made it this far in life, they tell me. We can handle this. I just love how they talk over each other. Like, that's what I remember from my time with them as they were just finishing each other's sentences and they were just like almost trying to beat each other to give me more information about their lives and their selves. A lovely couple, but in um, just a rough circumstance back then, for sure. Yeah. You recently went back and visited with them again, and we'll listen to some of that now. Yeah, so basically I just couldn't stop thinking about them. I mean, as I kind of traveled around Ukraine for the next year covering the war, it was like, I always wondered, how are, how are they doing and if they were still alive? So I went back. So nearly a year later, I stopped by their apartment building. 
Pavlo Kambadoski greets us at his door, his plaid flannel shirt tucked in. His sense of humor is just as dry as I remember. One of our defenders is wounded, he says, meaning his wife Tamara suffered a stroke this winter, spending seven days in the hospital. Pavlo's a former military pilot, and he assures us he's still holding the defensive line. He says Tamara's healing has been slow. Sometimes she's fine, talking and reading. Other times she's confused, unable to speak. We're in our late 80s, he says. What else can you expect? While Tamara's been recovering, Pavlo has taken over the cooking. Tomorrow, he says, is a big day. I'm making borscht, he says. It's one of Tamara's favorites and a Ukrainian specialty. Last time I was here, you told me that um, being together was the most important thing in the war. Mm-hmm. Yes, he says. Nothing has changed about that. Tamara has been listening from the kitchen, a wool shawl draped over her shoulders, her hair pulled back in a headband. She was hesitant to see us in her condition, but when we come and say hello, she can't stop talking. The stroke has led to what she calls a disease in her brain. A former English teacher, Tamara points to her head. She explains the words she wants to say. Different words. Different words. They're different words than the ones that come out. Pavlo has been encouraging her to talk and to read. The doctor said that would help. It also helps that Kiev feels much safer, so they're no longer scared all the time. And their grandchildren come often to visit. We're sorry you're visiting under such circumstances, Pavlo says as we leave. But don't worry, he says with a defiant smile. We are holding the line. Wow, so you can you can really hear the difference from a year later, especially in Tamara's voice. Um, yeah. It was both wonderful to see them again and also kind of just the reality of time and, you know, getting old. And some of that spark had certainly faded, I think, even for both of them. It's been a long year. Yeah. There was another resident of this apartment complex that you met a year ago? Yeah, Nadia Yurkomovich. So she had a fall in the winter, and so she was bedridden when I met her. And her son, Misha, was taking care of her. And she was really frail and kind of soft-spoken when we talked. Whenever they hear explosions, she tells her son to go down to the shelter. But he tells her, I'm not going anywhere without you. We will be together. Maybe if she hadn't fallen down or been so ill, they would have left Kiev. But it's too hard now. Even though my life isn't great, she says, I don't want to die. So it sounds like Nadia was just the kind of person that was unable to get out of harm's way when Kiev was under threat a year ago. Yeah, and actually Ukraine has one of the world's oldest populations. And certainly now during the conflict with so many unable to leave, it has one of the largest elderly populations in an active war. Wow. So, yeah, Nadia really represents millions of people who are all over Ukraine kind of navigating this. 
So you recently went back and visited her as well. So let's listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Down the hall in apartment 16, we're greeted with some better news. When I first met 90-year-old Nadia Yukomovich, she was bedridden in need of medicine and diapers. But now, she can walk, her son Misha tells us. She can actually walk. Nadia, a petite woman in a floral housecoat, greets us standing with a walker. You look so good! She reaches out and grabs my hand. I'm so happy that you, you, you came. When you came last time, I told all my friends and my children. Her son Misha, in his 60s, lives with her and takes care of her. First, she carried me, he says. And now I carry her. He explains that things have gotten much better for them from a year ago. Medical care is more accessible, but it's still a war. Sometimes I feel better, she says. Sometimes I feel worse. The power outages have been hard. She points to the candles spread around the surfaces of her bedroom. And her building's elevator is broken. She really misses the outside. An open window just isn't quite enough. But I'm hanging in, she says, laughing. I want to live. Doesn't everyone? It's helpful that she's lived through difficult times before. It's not my first war, she says. During World War II, she was just a child. And she tells us she got through that wartime by singing. So she offers us a song now, Prayer for Ukraine, a hymn from 1885 about Russian oppression. Protect our beloved Ukraine, she sings. Bless us with good fortune forever and evermore. Alyssa Nadworny, NPR News, Kyiv. That's lovely that she sang to you. You said before Ukraine has just an enormous elderly population and the war makes everything harder for everybody. And that's even harder on elderly folk. I mean, what's the outlook for these people? I mean, it's it's hard because I think, you know, they're reliant on pensions. And so these are low-income folks, I think, by American standards. And so I think the challenge is making sure that they have medical care and access to food and water. And certainly with the power outages, that complicates so many things. So, I mean, I think there's a kind of a humanitarian crisis in that sense of it's not just the war has kind of cut off access to things. It's that the people who are left dealing with it have all these other challenges. I mean, my reaction here is that, you know, even though Kiev is no longer at threat of being taken over by Russia, it's quiet now. I mean, life is still not easy for Nadia. There's power outages. Her elevator doesn't work. It makes it hard for her to get outside. And yet, even with that, I left her apartment just with this, like, hope and optimism and joy like, I was really struck, even with Tamara and Pablo, this sense of kind of defiance and perseverance and that they really believe that Ukraine is, is going to persevere, win. 
Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for bringing your reporting to us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and T-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash NPR and use code NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, local amenities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.